0: Hi, this is Pastor Ben Fagelin from Bright Church. I'm so glad you're listening to this podcast. I hope this message inspires you, deepens your relationship with God, and that you're encouraged in your faith. We hope to see you soon at Bright John said that Jesus would come and baptize his disciples with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And he did. He baptized his disciples. And what he did is he took a group of people that were scared, that were worried, that were insecure. Of course they were. They'd seen their Savior Jesus murdered and they were worried that things were coming against them. And then it says that the Spirit of God came upon them. And it turned these guys into bold, uh, brave, gospel declaring preachers. That went and spoke to the city that they were in, and it turned the city on its head. I mean, they turned the city upside down. And so, what is, how, how did that happen? How did Peter. This, this guy who, who spent, as you read back over the Scriptures, spent a lot of time with his foot in his mouth. How did he speak so well to such a large group of people? Do you know the Scriptures say that 3,000 men, and I'm sorry, please, you know, don't shoot the messenger. They counted the men. They didn't always count the women and the children. But if we were to add the women and the children, who knows? Maybe upwards of 10,000 people in the city gave their hearts to Jesus. Why? How did that happen? I'm telling you right now. Now, the way to make our ministry fruitful, the way to make it actually functional, right, is to have the power of God at work in it. I'm talking about the presence of God, I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit moved on the day of Pentecost and continued to move and continued to touch people's lives. And when he did, they, see, they saw incredible things happen. And the early church, right? Now, the church is really just God's people, but the early church was so captivated by this. They were so stirred up by this. that They looked at everything that they had, their time, their talent, and their treasure, and they looked at all of it as just resource to advance the kingdom of God. They gave everything to this because that, well, look, admittedly, they really thought that Jesus was going to come back in their lifetime. So they said, guys, you know, we don't have long. But, you know, we, we still believe that the reason that we're waiting is because God is wanting to do more on the earth and reach more people. And so the church were captivated by the Spirit of God. And I think God still wants to captivate people today. He wants to captivate you today. He wants to move fresh in your life today. I'm telling you right now, what happened to them? They had an encounter with God. And I tell you the truth, encounters with God change people's yeah. lives. Yeah. Encounters with God, they change people's lives. That's why you can speak to your friend one minute and they say, no, nah, don't believe it. They encounter the presence of God. They're convinced you couldn't talk them out of it. What was the difference? They had an encounter with God. And if we look back through the scriptures, you know, one of the things that we see is that the Spirit of God first did something in them. And the, way, the reason that we know that is it says that He fell. You know, on the disciples and the evidence that they were filled with the Spirit, that God was now in them in this way, is that they began to speak in tongues. And once they were filled with the Spirit and He did something in them, He began to do something through them. And the thing that He did through them is He was preaching the gospel. The Spirit of God was working through His people. Can I tell you the truth? God still works like this today. You know, for thousands of years... The Spirit of God has not changed His method for advancing the kingdom of God. And I promise you this, that God wants to do something first in you, and then He wants to do something through you. That's how He works. He advances His kingdom by working through His church. And what does that really look like? And what does it look like when the Spirit of God begins to move in His church and touch people's lives? What does that look like? Well, thousands of years ago, Uh, the the early church, were trying to figure this out as well. And they had questions. And you got to understand something. Like what was happening around the time of the early church, they had never seen anything like this. And, and, you know, the the prophet Joel, he said, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit. He prophesied this over a future point uh, over Israel. He said, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all people. And they will prophesy and they'll have dreams. And, 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 you know, this is the time where this happened. And so they're encountering this. By the way, it says that in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit. Well, you know, that happened a couple of thousand years ago. So if we were looking to kickstart the last days, we would kick it off at the appointed moment when the Spirit of God fell. So I guess we've been in the last days for a couple of thousand years. And, 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 and that term, the last days, you know, I'll admit it's probably a little uh, misleading. But, you know, we are still in the last days. We don't know when the last days are, uh, are coming, but we see some things lining up. But we are now living in that era. We're living in that time right now. And so the Spirit of God was moving. One of the things that the early church saw is they saw spiritual gifts begin to manifest. The word uh, gifts or, or spiritual gifts, right, comes from the Greek word charisma, right? And it really means grace gifts. So, so you know, there are different movements. And, and, and you might have heard this phrase before, uh, charismatic, that's talking about a church that moves in the grace gifts. We're Pentecostal church. We would believe the same thing, right? But back in Paul's day, honestly, it was out of control. I mean, these guys are charismaniacs, okay? Uh, people, spiritual gifts are happening. People are talking. People are shouting. They're, they're, you know, and Paul says, Oh my gosh, I've got to help you to understand what's going on. So he writes this letter to them and he says, I don't want you to be misinformed. And of course they were misinformed. They were misinformed because if you look back past the New Testament, you begin to read the Old Testament. One of the things that you'll see is that the spiritual gifts were restricted, so now everyone's getting spiritual gifts, they're trying to figure out how it fits and works together. Paul says, You know what? Let me explain this to you. So, I want to read this passage of Paul's letter that helps explain spiritual gifts. It comes out of Corinthians 12, first Corinthians 12, verse 4 to 11. He says, Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit, there are varieties of To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. These are all empowered by the one and same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. The spiritual gifts are a manifestation of, of the Spirit of God for the purpose of advancing the kingdom of God. Yeah. That's what they're for. And so there are plenty of clubs that can give their time and their talents and their treasure. If you look at any AFL club, any NRL club, NBA club, right? You, you go there and you, and you find them, what are they doing? They are all giving their time and their talents and their treasure to what? to advancing their club. We are not like a club. We're not like that. We can give our time and our talents and our treasure. Jeez, everyone can do that. But the difference with the church is that we have a manifestation of the Spirit of God to enable us to do what would ordinarily be very difficult to do, except for the fact that God wants to advance the kingdom of God. So He decides to work in us and through us to help us do what we could not do on our own. That's exactly what Peter encountered when he preached and saw thousands of people come to give their hearts and lives to Jesus. And and the Apostle Paul, <laughs> he's kind of breaking it down for these guys. And he's saying to them, guys, your gifts are actually His gifts just re-gifted through service. That's what it is. It's a manifestation. The word manifest means to be plain and obvious, which means that when spiritual gifts are working, it becomes obvious that God is at work in what we're doing. So your gifts are actually His gifts just re-gifted in the form of service. And the reason why we have these gifts is To preach the gospel to share this message this you know the 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 message of jesus the gospel in a nutshell is a very simple message you know jesus loves people and gave his life for their sins died in their place and if they accept that they have eternal life i mean this is an incredible message and he said i want this message to go far and wide and i don't know maybe it will surprise you to learn this today but the church is actually led by people with gifts you know, and, and I hope that's been your experience, especially if you come to Bright Church, but it's led by people with gifts and, and, the, and the scriptures talk about it. In fact, we, we have a word for this. We call it the apest, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd and teacher and they all have a bit of a, a different functions but we call these things the office gifts so the ascension gifts and these are the gifts that help to lead the church you know so what does the apostle do with well, the apostle is a pioneering type gift you know it's a, he, they've got a real gift of leadership they often bring to war bring together the other gifts help them function cohesively they often take territory and ground and, and pioneer things like i say the the, the prophet Prophets protect the covenant of God. They care desperately about what God thinks and they're always happy to speak on behalf of God and share the heart of God with people. The evangelists, what do they do? Well, they just preach the gospel and they have this amazing gift to draw people into the message. They're often very charismatic people. You, you might know some. In fact, you know what? If you know one in our church, just write their name. That, this might be the a prophetic word over them. Just write their name in the chat right now and say, you're an evangelist. We see it on you. We know who you are. You know, the evangelists, evangelists, evangelists preach the gospel and people give their hearts and lives. And you have the shepherds and the shepherds, right? They just love people and they want to care for people. We appointed a couple shepherds recently, you know, uh, Pastor Tristan and Joel, and we we appointed them to be shepherds over our people. They love people and they care about people. And then we have the teachers. The teachers, they want to take things that are hard to explain and they make it easy for us to explain. They, They teach the people about the things of God. And these gifts are not meant to function in different churches. They actually work best when they they all function in one church and people are good at doing their jobs. They're not the only gifts. We have a number of gifts. In fact, if you read Romans, you can read this in Romans chapter 12, verse 3, that we have what we call the grace gifts. And the grace gifts are things like prophecy and service and teaching and leadership. Now, the reason that they're called grace gifts is because they are given by the grace of God. It's by His grace that they have these gifts. In other words, they are not earned gifts. Nobody earns them. It's just given to people individually. And we just read it before, as the Spirit wills. Now, here's what this means. It means you can have immature Christians that are still able to function in their gift immature Christians that are able to function in their gift. And this confuses people sometimes because sometimes what we see is a gift and we assume that because they are so gifted, they, that must be a reward from God for being so good. Or maybe it's a reward for, for doing such a, a great job for Him or being so righteous or, or, or holy, right? And I'm not saying that we shouldn't pursue those things. I am saying that God will sometimes give gifts to people. And let's not confuse people's giftedness for their character. Let's not assume that necessarily. This is important for us to understand because, you know, you guys like me, if you read the news, you see, you know, stories terrible stories pastor makes a mistake you know well you know i know they write stories about pastors that make mistakes let me tell you as the pastor of a church people make mistakes pastors included all of the time and they might be gifted but they still need to work on their character and this is the reason why paul is helping to write this because these guys are spiritually immature in corinth right but they're experiencing some of these spiritual gifts right he says I could not address you as spiritual people, but as infants who need milk. They are infants that are very gifted. They are gifted infants, right? And he says, I'm going to explain to you how this works. That's why in church we don't appoint people based on their gift, but on their character, because what we see sometimes is someone's gift can take them to a place that their character can't follow. And it's important that they have the right character to back up what they say. So here's something you need to know. I hope you really received this today. I hope that you get this because every single Christian has at least one spiritual gift. Every single Christian has at least one spiritual gift. And let me tell you why that's important, right? You are responsible for how you use it. You are responsible for what you do with the gift that God has given to you. Now, you might not know what your gift is. You might be trying to figure it out. Some of you evangelists just found out in the chat right now. You just went, oh, really? Okay, I didn't know that, right? So, so you know, you're finding out. You're, you're figuring it out, right? But I'll tell you this. You at least owe it to the world to find out what God has called you to do. And yet for, for us as, as a church, right, we care so much about this. And I, let, me, let me tell you why. There is a story in the Bible, it's, it's called the Parable of the Talents. And if, if you look at the Parable of the Talents, it's about three guys. Two guys take what God gave to them. This is essentially the story. They, they take what was given to them, and they used it and they multiplied it and they did something with it. And he says, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of your master. He gets to the last guy who did nothing with it, who buried it. And he says, you will be cast into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Hot word, avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth, right? So how do you do that? Well, you gotta do something with what God has given to you, right? Because spiritual gifts are tools for ministry to advance the kingdom of God. Listen, it's 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 not akin to surprise where you open it and go, wow, look what I got. Awesome. And put it away. You're not supposed to, you know, just get what you get and then go, that is just awesome. I will love using this for myself, right? Let me... Put this on a shelf somewhere, right? Shelve it. No, don't do that, okay? Please don't do that. You're supposed to use it. In fact, we know that the Bible says the spiritual gifts are given for the common good. They're actually there to serve the church and help to extend the kingdom of God. Spiritual gifts are not, how can I use God to get what I want? They're, how can God work through me to do what He wants on planet Earth? This is so important we understand this. Now, Like I say, you may not have realized, but you have at least one spiritual gift. And your gift is your grace. Your gift is your grace. Your calling is intertwined with your gift. What a cosmic joke it would be if God says, I'm calling you to a ministry and I will give you no gifting in that area. I, I'm calling you to do something, but I'm gonna make sure you don't have any of the skills to do it. So listen, if you think that you are called to something and you have no skill, you're probably not called to that. And I hope that doesn't seem harsh, but I'm trying to help because if you're not good at that, you are probably good at something else and you are called to do something else and your calling will be intertwined with your grace. So here's my encouragement. Find what you're supposed to do and start to work in that. You may not know what your spiritual gift is, but you owe it to the world to find out. We actually have a, a thing here at Bright Church that's called Growth Track. And in it, we help to help people to discover what their spiritual gift is. And it's kind of a bit of fun. You kind of fill in a form and all the rest of it. And, and you know, as you tick off different things that you're interested in, it sort of brings your result and says, hey, your, your calling is probably in this vicinity. And we don't say that and say, hey, fill in the form and you'll know everything that you're supposed to do. No, 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 that's, that's not what that's about. But there's a lot of people out there who just have no idea what their calling is. They don't understand what they're gifted at. And doing something like that helps to put you in the vicinity. Now, it's not just about the form. You've actually got to use it. You've got to use your spiritual gifts so that you can see how they function and how they work and how they get better. Now, the Apostle Paul, what does he say? He's, he says this in his scriptures, In the Scriptures, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 31, earnestly desire the higher gifts. And this is not a word of correction. This is what we're all supposed to be doing. He goes, come on, guys, earnestly, church, bright church, listen to me, earnestly desire the higher gifts. And then he points out one and he says, especially prophecy. And the reason he says prophecy is because prophecy builds the church the purpose of the gift of prophecy is for edification to build up the church to sometimes reveal god's hearts to sometimes reveal what god wants to do and we need that now i don't know what your personal experience has been with this but we should be earnestly desiring this and if you feel like you might have a gifting in this area There is this tension sometimes with what happens where people don't wanna make a mistake and we don't wanna get it wrong, but you have gotta practice your gift. And as you're doing that, I, I, I would suggest to you that if you think that you are called in this area, perhaps don't print a business card that says profit and don't walk around saying that you are one And don't start declaring and prophesying disasters and and world turmoils and all the rest. We see that in the Old Testament. We really don't see that in the New Testament. If you think that you might be called to this, don't walk around saying, thus saith the Lordeth, right? That's not how that thing is supposed to work. Have you seen that? People, people, You know, when they become spiritual, they actually get a completely different language. No, 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 no. Don't put on the end of everything and think that it's spiritual. That's not how that gift is supposed to work, right? What I am saying is that you're supposed to actually be using it. And that's how you get better at using your gift as well. Trust me. People that have been using this gift for a long time and are even recognized as people that have that gift will still make mistakes. Now I'll tell you a good story about this. A couple of years ago I was at a conference and as we begin to talk about this story, it might become really obvious who some of these people are, but that's okay. No, I'm not going to mention all the names here, but But anyway, I was at this conference and it was a prophetic conference. And so there I am sitting uh, towards the front. And my friend, the pastor of this church, is leading this conference. He has invited a prophet to come and speak, right? So this guy is at the front. He's prophesying. He's saying things over different people. And my friend, he says, hey, why don't you come out? You know, he used to be my pastor. He says, why don't you come out and I'll I'll get this guy to speak over you. So I come out the front and and, and he says, right now, you're a senior pastor. I said, yes. And he says, starts to speak some things and they sounded okay. It started to get a little bit interesting though, because he suddenly started to cut off the words that this previous senior pastor had spoken over my life. And as he's saying these things, I'm kind of like laughing. And I'm looking at my friend on stage and saying, what have you been saying? Right. But he's laughing. He thinks it's hilarious. His whole family is there. I know his kids. We go to their house and have dinner. And so his kids are laughing. His wife is laughing, right? And, and we're laughing because I know for a fact that this guy is one of the greatest supporters that I have in my life, right? And, and, and the church is kind of giggling because they know the relationship that we have, right? And what's my point? I'm saying, hey, sometimes people get it wrong. And what does that do to you as an individual if they get it wrong? I think sometimes we've seen occasionally things like that happen and we're, we're afraid of, of what has happened. And please don't do this. Do not throw out the gift of prophecy because you've seen it function in a way where it didn't quite work, where it was supposed to work. If I had had an encounter from that experience and thrown out prophecy altogether, not only would I be disobeying the scriptures and what God said, but I would have missed out on so many good things between then and now, between the things that I heard and the things that God wanted to say to me. It's so important. I think there are so many Christians that are looking for their calling today, that are looking for their purpose. Well, guess what? When you hear a word, Or when you discover what your spiritual gift is, it actually unlocks your future. It unlocks your calling, right? Let me show you how obvious this is. If someone has the gift of evangelism, what do you think they're supposed to do? You betcha, evangelism. If you've got the gift of healing, what do you think they're supposed to do? Not at sit at home with their guitar singing kumbaya to themselves. No, no, no. They're supposed to be getting out there, laying hands on people, praying for the sick, showing the world signs and wonders and saying there is a King in heaven that cares about you. Your gift helps to unlock what your calling is. And see, when, see, see. Jesus said something about this. He said, I will build my church. Okay, Jesus said, I will build my church church right the church is god's people so what how do we understand that he would build his church through his people but by the holy spirit understand this because the spirit of god fell at pentecost and the early church was birthed so it was through the people by a work of the spirit and that that is how god wants to work that's the thing that the gates of hell will not prevail against. It says in, He says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Let me explain something about you. There is nothing particularly intimidating about you as a human being, okay? Not, not to the devil, not to the devil, okay? There's nothing intimidating about you. But when you find a Christian has given, their, somebody that's given their life to Jesus, understands who they are in Christ, has discovered their gifting and their calling and is filled with the Holy Spirit. That is terrifying to the devil because it's not how big and tough you are. What did I say? That this battle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. It's against spiritual things. That is terrifying to the devil. And the devil doesn't want you to know what you're gifted at. He doesn't want you to know what you've been called to. He doesn't want you to prevail. So his job is to quench the fire of the Spirit, to put out what God is wanting to do in your life. And I'm telling you, I've seen it so many times in church. So many times you've seen the Spirit of God be quenched in someone's life. Let me give you a couple of ways how it happens. How about harsh criticism? You went to do something and it didn't work. And there was a harsh critic. And guess what? It was you. You started to have this negative self-talk. I'll never do this again. I'll never step out in faith again. You know, sometimes we do get harsh critics from the outside. But, you know, I've seen a lot of people criticize themselves more than anybody else has criticized them. What does that lead to? Fear, doubts, insecurity, this is the realm of the devil this is where he operates best and if you even if you don't have a thought about this he will plant one anyway because he would love to see you running scared and not moving in your calling not moving in your gift and and, and you know what when we see things that don't work sometimes what happens is people are just completely turned off from them and they don't like them and eh, paul what does he say he says don't despise prophecy Some people despise prophecy because they've had a bad experience with it and they said, oh, nah, it's all just charismaniacs and and this stuff isn't real. Yes, it is. This is exactly what the scriptures say. The scriptures say, don't despise prophecy. It may not work. And guess what? Sometimes people have made a mistake. Here's here's a hot word for some people. So what? Move on. You know, when I was younger, I remember I was at this, um, this is many years ago, like maybe, I don't know, Maybe 13, 14 years ago, I was at this meeting. They brought in this person to to speak and to prophesy, right? And everyone's getting these awesome words. And and maybe the reason I'm saying this, I'm trying to encourage you, because you may think that the pathway to being a senior pastor is laid with like great, encouraging, nonstop words. Oh, no, it isn't. Let me tell you what happened. I'm at this meeting and this guy is prophesying over different people and they're getting these words. I'm the last person to be called up. He calls me up, sits me on a seat, and he starts praying and praying and praying. He's delaying what he's meant to be saying, right? And then he turns to everybody in the room. And he says, oh, boy, guys, we got to intercede for this guy, right? I'm like, geez, like, what do you mean? Like, intercede for me? Like, what? Wh- why? <laughs> you know, I, I wanted to stand up and say, guys, I'm clean, okay? There's no, there's no, like, I, I'm good. I'm clean. There's nothing bad here, right? But he's telling these guys to intercede for me, right? And so they're interceding. Then he gets up real close. You know, this is like pre-COVID, so, so you could do that with people. And so he gets up nice and close and he says, hey man, I said, yeah. He says, have you ever been into um, Dungeons and Dragons, right? And I'm like, bro, I don't even know what that is. Is it a board game or is it a video game? I have no idea. He goes, so no, and I'm like, no, mate. I don't know what you're talking about, right? He gives me some word, a couple of Shabbat dabba ding dongs later, right? Words, and there's a lot of tongues happening, right? And, and I walk out of that meeting, honestly, pretty discouraged. And I thought, what is going on here? See, I've had experiences that haven't always been spot on as well. But if I was to throw out everything, all prophecy, right? If I was to throw it out, you know what? I would have missed out on all of the encouraging words that God really did speak through people who heard from God that spoke to me. And I promise you this, if I hadn't heard from God, I wouldn't be walking in my calling right now. And so if you want to walk in your calling, you cannot despise prophecy and say, I wanna hear from God at the same time because that's the way it works. And when it works and you, you work with it especially if you're gifted in it, maybe you've had a bad experience. I'm saying to your church, it's time to use your gifts again. Don't neglect your gift. You know what John Calvin said? He said, don't let your gift rust. I'll admit, I paraphrase that a little bit, but essentially he said, don't let your gift rust. You know why? Because if you don't use it, it starts to go rusty. So if you wanna build the kingdom of God, you can't lay down, church. You can't live in fear. You can't live in insecurity and despise the things of the Spirit and at the same time say, God, speak to me. I want to know what you have to say. You got to accept one with the other. Guys, it's hand in glove. Listen to what Paul said to Timothy. Do not neglect the gift that you have, which was given by what? By prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. Practice these things. Immerse yourself. Immerse yourself. I'll say it one more time for good measure. Immerse yourself in them so they all may see your progress. In other words, Tim, use it or lose it, mate. Use it or lose it. What's he saying? You've got to start to use that gift again. You've got to pick it up because you might be gifted and you might have a natural talent. What do we call that? That's giftedness that's the manifestation of God working through you right so you might have it but you're totally unpracticed and you know something when you're totally unpracticed and you don't use it often it's possible and you can read this in the scriptures that your gift starts to weaken what am I saying I'm saying the more you use your gift, the stronger that it gets. Yeah. The more you use it, the better you are at using it. The more the, the frequency increases the power of the gift at the same time. So you got to stir it up, guys. Yeah. You got to stir it up. You got to stir up the things of the Spirit. You got to stir up. That's why Paul said to Timothy, listen, 2 Timothy 1 6, for this reason, I remind you to, what? Fan into flame. The Greek word means this. Fan into flame is one word in the Greek. It means to revitalize, to reactivate, and to rekindle. Revitalize, reactivate, rekindle the gift of God, which is in you through, what? The laying on of my hands. Now, he says a couple of other things and he finishes off his letter. or this section of his letter in verse 14 by saying, by the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. You got to guard the deposit that's been entrusted to you. Church, I'm telling you, it's time to stir it up. It's time to stir it up. It's time to stir up the things that God has been wanting to do. It's time to see God move fresh. And, and some of you, you got to get around the right people. you got to get around people that are going to stir up the gift in you, that are going to begin to stir up the things of the Spirit. It's time to rekindle or reactivate or, or see it come or, or, or revitalized, you know. We have been in the last days since the Spirit fell at Pentecost, because that would be the beginning of a season. The Spirit of God fell at Pentecost, marks the beginning of what? The last days. We are in so many ways in the last days. And, and I know that the early church thought that Jesus was going to come back any minute. And then they realised later on, wait, he's probably going to be a little bit longer than we thought. But... They gave their time, they gave their talent, they gave their treasure. They saw everything they had as resource. And whenever the kingdom of God has been built by a generation, whenever the kingdom of God has advanced across the earth, it's because there was a group of people that worked with God. That gave their time, their talent, their treasure. They gave everything. They said, this is resource to build your kingdom. We care more about what You're doing on planet Earth than everything that we could build for ourselves. It's not about us, it is about You, Jesus. It's about what You did on the cross. It's about the Spirit of God working through us, manifesting in spiritual gifts and bringing those gifts together, whether they be office gifts that lead the church or spiritual gifts that function and work both in and out of the church. And they would bring all of this together and people would see it and they'd see signs and they'd see wonders, right? What do signs do? They point to something. What do they point to? They point to a king in heaven that loves people so much that he would impart himself to them. That there would be a manifestation of his kingship and his lordship and his unlimited power and authority over things that we see in this realm. And when a church gets a hold of the things that I'm talking about, that church is on fire. It's time to stir it up. You've got to get around some of the people. They're going to stir it up in you. And I'm the right people, I'm not talking about charismaniac stuff where we, people are just saying everything and crazy stuff. I mean, people that know, people that hear God, people that can speak a word of encouragement and say, I see this in you, you've got it. God wants to do something fresh. There's a fresh move of the Spirit in your life. And I tell you right now, I wish that we were doing this in person church, because if we did, oh, I tell you, there would be a lot going on in this room right now. But here's what I do wanna do. I wanna pray for people who wanna receive a fresh impartation of the Spirit of God today. Maybe it's a Word. I don't know how it's gonna manifest in your life. Maybe, you know, I I talked about it last week. You know, you you hear the voice of God in different ways. For some of you, it might just be a knowing, an impression, a prompting, but there's something. It might be God speaking through His Word, right? But there is something, and you say, God, if you were listening to this you say, God, I know You've got more for me than what I'm doing right now and I wanna step into it, I'm gonna pray for you right now. I'm gonna pray one prayer for every single person. So before I get to that, you just start to think about that. I wanna speak to a very specific group of people. If you've never given your life to Jesus, the beginning of everything that I'm talking about is with you making a confession and saying, I believe this and I know that God is real I can sense it in my spirit, and I want to give my life to Him today. And if you are here and you've never given your life to Jesus, but today you say, I want to make a decision to follow Him, make Him Lord of my life, be forgiven for my sins, for the wrong things that I've done, I want to lead you in a prayer. And then after that, I'm going to pray for everyone that God moves fresh in their life. So let's do that. If you're here, you've never said this prayer, I'm going to lead it. Why don't you pray? Just repeat this prayer after me. And you say this, God will know. It's just a sign. It's not about the words that I'm using. This is just an affirmation of what's really taking place in your heart. So so let's pray together. Dear Jesus, I thank You that You love me. I receive You today as my Lord and Saviour. And I choose to follow You every day for the rest of my life. In Jesus' Name. Amen. You said that prayer for the first time. I want to say a huge congratulations to you because that is the beginning of so much more work that God is wanting to do in your life. There'll be a link that pops up in the feed. You can click on that. Let us know who you are. Now, the next part. If you're here today and you say, I want a fresh move of the Spirit in my life. I want to respond to what you're saying. I want to hear from God. I feel like God's going to unblock some ears. like what god is going to do is speak for some of you you said i just wanted to hear him maybe you've been listening to the wrong voice but god's going to speak to you right now hey whatever you get why don't you write it down why don't you pray over it thank you jesus thank you jesus oh lord I, i pray right now in jesus name for manifestations of your of your presence in the homes of people everywhere I'm praying for a, a fresh outpouring in some ways. Lord, people that haven't been able to hear you, I pray in Jesus' name that you'd unblock ears right now, in Jesus' name. And I pray, God, that those who were deaf, that they would hear, and that those who were once blind, that, God, now they would see in Jesus' name. Let there be an unveiling. It's like, Jesus, when you died and the and the curtain was torn, there was an unveiling. No layer between you and us, just full disclosure and transparency and intimacy with you that we cannot get without going through you, Jesus. I pray Spirit of God, begin to move and begin to speak. I pray for manifestations of things I'm I'm not even, I haven't even really thought about until now. Lord, I just pray for healings right now in Jesus' name, that people would be healed I'm not going to list all of them, God. You just do what you want to do in this moment with your church. But God, I pray that you begin to pour out dreams and visions and begin to speak in a new way and a fresh way and that you'd open up hearts, that Lord, you remove hearts of stone that have just been trying to rigidly and doggedly follow your law because they felt like they have to. In Jesus' name, I pray, get rid of that. This is a new day. This is a fresh start. There's an outpouring of your spirit in the season that we're in. And I pray that you'd replace that with a a heart that's for you, that doesn't have to battle to spend time with you, but is so desperate for you that that it's a desire. It's something that they want. I pray, God, let there be, again, a fresh move of your spirit right now. And I pray, touch people. Begin to pour out visions right now. Things that you want to do. Things that you see things that you've got in store for them. Lord, there are callings and spiritual gifts that are being unlocked right now in Jesus' name. I really believe, God, that there are callings that are intertwined with their giftedness and you're going to begin to release it Lord, I pray specifically for those that have been discouraged. They've they've seen things before and and maybe they did start to despise spiritual things because they said, nah, it's not real. It's just charismatic stuff, right? No, you said do not despise the spiritual gifts. Don't despise it. Earnestly desire it. Earnestly desire to see prophecy. I pray God for a healing upon every heart right now that has had an encounter that has left them with a bad taste in their mouth. They said they don't want it, right? No, God, you've got more for them. You've got more for them and you want to lead them. And it begins with there being a softness of heart, a sensitivity to your spirit and a willingness to work with how you have worked for 2,000 years with your church. And so Father God, I pray this right now, begin to move, begin to speak, begin to touch, begin to heal. And I pray all these things, In the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Hey, thanks for listening to the Bright Weekly Podcast. We hope you're encouraged today and we'd love to see you at one of our services. So to connect further with us, head over to brightchurch.com.